going to record recording the audio. If this doesn't work, it goes out as a it goes out as a podcast anyway. I can see on the screen on YouTube that it's all a bit it's all a bit fucked up. So let me know if it's working for you. I don't think it's going to be. Audio was fine though, Andy. Yes. Okay. Okay. We can live with that. That's good. That's better than I expected. It goes all wobbly. So I do the, I do the speed test thing and it goes. You've got 80 megabytes up and the day down, and then you do it a minute later. It warns you. The YouTube warns you that it's not good enough, and then. Uh, you check it again, and it's like half what it was two months ago. I don't know how these things work. I don't fucking want to know. Isn't that the, one of the problems with everything? That you have to be a bloody expert at everything. And I am not an expert at everything. I would rather just do one or two things quite well. Very well. But anyway, so let's do this. The video was all a bit wavy. I fuck it. We'll just push on. Um... Well, I've got the audio. I'm recording the audio into Reaper, so I can I can knock that out as a podcast. Cheers, Jerry. I appreciate that. Um, so we update before we hit a couple of subjects. I real I must apologise for. I must apologise for um. Not being around much recently, if you know my personal situation, um, Jeannie and I have fostered a couple of children. Sort of an emergency family situation, and uh, it's two twins, two 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 year olds, and they're quite a handful. And uh, I just don't have time for this. Simple as that. Just simple. I'm sure you understand, but uh, it means that uh, I, I don't get to do this. I, I was very bad at being regular at this anyway, as you know. Um. You know, so I don't get to do this as much as I should because of the, the, the time. And I've missed out on some great stuff. So there's the Owen Harris story in Dublin where the Owen Harris, if you don't know, was... Uh, I have a, an article here. Owen Harris was a, a, a columnist for the Independent, on Sunday Independent in Dublin. And one of the things... It's really, it's really interesting... One of the things that Sinn Féin get accused of, if you go onto Twitter and you say anything positive to Sinn Féin, about Sinn Féin or anything, you could call it what they call a shinner bot, as if you're some sort of a paid troll. There's some sort of paid troll army out there um, uh, uh, being all pro-Sinn Féin. I don't know what, you know, but it's, it, it's, I guess it's a way of just dismissing the genuine support that Sinn Féin, I mean, the biggest political party in the country by all by all polls and I guess it's just a way of dismissing that support and sort of devaluing and degrading you as a supporter of Sinn Féin if you happen to be one of those um, and they call you a Sinner bot as if there's a sort of troll army out there turns out there's an, there's an old um, is it Machiavelli he has this, one of the things Machiavelli says is um Accuse your enemy of that which you're guilty. And this is what's been going on. So this guy, Owen Harris, who's this uh, columnist, turns out he's got these Twitter accounts, and the the, the one was under the name uh, Barbara J. Pym, frequently accused with no evidence, respected journalists of others of being provost and spewing sectarian bile. Now... This guy, Owen Harris, is... I'm not going to say... that There's a phrase, West Brit, that is generally referred to people in the Dublin area that are tend to be pro-UK and, and sort of pro... not for the reunification of, of Ireland. And I don't like to say it because it is an offensive term, but if anybody fits, the, fits that name, it's him. And... And he was very misogynist as well. And he was interviewed on Drive Time by w- one of the leading um, RT journalists. And she sort of cornered him a bit. And, you know, he says, listen, you're one of the few people I've ever blocked on Twitter. And 
but he come across such a big spoiled baby. He sounded, he, he really did. He sounded like a big, big child. So I missed that story because I've been busy. I missed the, 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 the outcome of the Ballymurphy inquiry, which was a huge, big thing here in Northern Ireland, North, the North of Ireland, Northern Ireland, whatever, um, the six counties. Uh, I missed that. Well, I didn't miss it. I didn't get to, to talk about it with you. It's a very touchy subject here. Um, as you know, uh, nine people murdered by paratroopers who went on a couple of weeks later to do the 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 the, the bloody Sunday massacre up in Derry. So it was the same platoon. So it happened and it found in favour of the family. So I've been fighting for 50 years to try and get the names of their loved ones cleared because they're all smeared. They're all called, called told them that they were provos and stuff like that. They weren't. They're all innocent. As everyone knew here, but it's the the, the, the establishment looking after itself, isn't it? Um, what else did I miss? I haven't missed this, but I will get back to it at some point. It's um, the housing crisis in the, in the south. The, the the southern government have been have mismanaged the housing stock, the housing situation in the Republic of Ireland so bad. I mean, it's fucking awful. It's really bad. Basically, what they've been doing is um, there's lots of stuff going on with this, given. Um, private developers, public land to build on and stuff like that, and not not uh, charging enough or not getting them to build enough public housing on it and all this sort of stuff. But that basically what they haven't been doing is stopping um, hedge funds. They call them cuckoo funds. So these hedge funds come. So somebody goes and builds a housing estate. They put. 200 houses on, on it outside of a town and these are badly needed there's a housing shortage in the south especially in and around the, the built up areas and then these hedge funds come in and buy up the bulk of the bulk of the stock if not all of the stock so if there's a hundred houses available they'll buy 80 or 90 of them two like that so um and then then they rent them out they rent them out to the people that won't want to buy them so you end up paying three two thousand pound a month, two thousand euro a month in rent, or you could be spending twelve hundred euro on a mortgage, and you have to pay. And then you can't, you end up you can't save for your mortgage because you've got no money because it's all going on rent. It's that old adage, you know, uh, I can't afford a more. Uh, the bank won't give me a mortgage because I can't afford one, but I can pay someone else's mortgage, you know. So, and it's a big deal. And it's one of these things that's going to... It can do the current government a lot of damage, but more importantly, it can do the country a lot of damage. Because people will leave. And that's a problem for us. We don't want that. We don't want our people leaving. We want them to stay and be awesome. Um, So I'll get to that, because that's ongoing. And then the big story that dropped yesterday was the Dominic Cummings. Um revelations in London uh, nothing I like more than a bit of blue on blue fighting <laughs> it makes a change from red on red I can assure you of that but uh, it's good to see and Dominic, I mean, we, we know what Dominic Cummings is he's a, he's a deplorable loathsome character and I, I answered a, someone put up on a, a Twitter poll who do you believe Cummings or Johnson or neither and obviously the answer is neither you don't, couldn't believe either the two of them but they're both incompetent, and they're both, but they're both, and they're both, they're both promoted beyond their, beyond their ability. You wouldn't get away with what they got away with, what they're getting away with. I wouldn't get away with it. And not to be lost in all of this is people have died. Oh, I can hear a bee or something in here. People have died up to 150,000, maybe, when, when all the reckoning is done. And this is a pro- this is obviously a huge thing. Men, women, children, fathers, mothers, grandparents, all uh, gone. Someone, so, so, someone's loved one is away now because of these idiots, 
these these idiots who have the best education money can buy and they couldn't have done worse. And I think that the reason that they can't do and I think it I don't think you need to be especially intelligent to do these jobs. I do think this though, I don't think intelligence is, is, is a burden. I think it's a good thing. But I think you have to be public spirited and public minded and they're not. They're obviously they're not. They're only there for themselves. And that's that that's observable in the way that they doled out those contracts to their mates. They're not there. They look at the public purse as a it's it's a it's a raid, it's a bank, it's a bank robbery. They're just robbing the bank. And they're going to, and they're going to get away with it. I, I read on Twitter there tonight. If the Perfumo affair, remember that thing that happened in the sixties, if that happened, and if that, if the perfume, if the Perfumo affair happened today, he would get promoted. And this is the thing, Pretty Patel, one of my, you know, one of my most hated Tory ministers. Um, she should be in jail. I'm not a big treason guy, but if you're any sort of way flag wavy. She should be in jail. She had meetings with Israel, and we're going to talk about Israel in a minute. But she she, she had meetings with 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 Israel officials and the Prime Minister himself, Benjamin Netanyahu, without telling her own government of which she was a member. Like, and not once or twice, like eight or nine times she did it. So this is what these people are. They're 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 sharks. They're just circling and they're just looking to line their own pockets, and that's what. And that's, there's no public service in them. They're not there to serve. They're not there to help and to make everything better. They're there to make everything better for them, for themselves. And so there's that. So we'll get to the Dominic Cummings thing because it's still ongoing. I might do another one, another whatever, tomorrow or whatever. Uh, once that Dominic Cummings story gets a bit of meat on its bones. But, so I'll get back to that. Uh and the big story that I have in my own per well, my own my, uh, my own personal life, my wife Janie got her degree. She got it's she got her to, uh, an art history degree and she just sent away her final her final essay last night. I'm so proud of her. And uh, I couldn't be happier for her. She's worked very, very hard at that. So uh, and we've taken on these two children. I mean she's an absolute and she's doing the land share of the work with them, I can assure you. She's an absolute uh, miracle. Of a woman. So, <coughs> excuse me, there's that. Right, to the thing. Okay, my stream appears to be healthy, so that's good. You do want a healthy stream. Uber. Oh, yeah, here we go. So, the title of this pod stream is Poots. Palestine and the protocol. So it's Edwin Poots. Okay, if you don't know who he is, I'll explain. Palestine, you obviously know about that, and the protocol. It's the Northern Ireland Protocol. So it's Ireland centric. This. So, who? Here's an article from the Telegraph in England. Who is Edwin Poots? I'll give you a little reading series here. So here we go. Fundamentalist Christian and farmer, farmer, former farmer. Did you hear me? Elected leader of the DUP. You know who the DUP are, right? Fundamentalist sectarian lunatics that we have biggest, up until recently, the one, uh, the biggest political party in Ulster. And their fortunes have plummeted to say the least because uh, because of the Northern Ireland Protocol which we want to finish on that so Edwin Poots the newly elected leader of the Democratic Unionist Party is a conviction politician I can see that the stream has just crashed again so you see what I mean it went up there for, for a minute or two and now it's gone on its ass but anyway is a conviction politician one of those convictions includes a belief that the earth is just 6,000 years old and was created by God in, a, in about 4,000 BC. Now, he is a fundamentalist Christian and he doesn't believe in evolution. This man, I remember a few years ago, he tried to get a creationist exhibition put into the Ulster Museum. In Belfast, we have the Ulster Museum. It's fantastic. 
We go up there all the time. Family days out. It's brilliant. The art gallery is stunning. And he wanted to put a Christ, a cre- creationist uh, exhibition in this. As and he and he was sort of using his role as a minister here to to try and force that to make that happen. But it got so it, it kind of got very heated. And some of the scientists and professors and the the, the, the smarty pants people that work up there, they there was talk about them sort of threatening to quit over it. They were I'm not. They wouldn't be seen dead in a museum with that in it. But anyway, so here we go. And as I said, there is a conviction politician. Uh, a fundamentalist Christian, Mr. Poots, 55, is a member of the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster. The religious church founded in 1951 by the Reverend Dr. Ian Paisley. I'm sure you know who he is. 20 years before he set up the DUP. Not surprisingly, Dr. Paisley is one of the towering figures in Northern Ireland politics up until his death in 2014 was Mr. Poots's great childhood inspiration. In 2007, Mr. Poots had been asked on the radio programme about his creationist beliefs. My view on the earth is that it is a young earth. My view is 4000 BC, he explained. Asked if he meant he dismissed the science of evolution, he was clear. Yes, absolutely. And you're telling me that all this evolution took place over billions of years, yet it's only the last few thousand years that man could actually learn to write. You're telling me the cosmic balls of dust gathered and there was an explosion. We've had lots of lots of explosions in Northern Ireland, and I've never seen anything come out of it that was good. Now that there, if you if you if you listen to that, that's very. That's a great example of a DUP mindset. When you listen to Ian Paisley talk, when you listen to Sammy Wilson talk, when you listen to Gregory Campbell talk, when you listen to Edmund Poots talk, that's the way, they're very sneery. They sneer and they dismiss and they put down. And that's what they do. That's the way they talk. And they, it's that thing, you know, it can't be, there can be no such thing as global warming or climate change because I have a, I have a snowball in my I can make a snowball in my garden. Things like that, and and it, and they do dismiss the science, and they will bypass, even though. Without science, where would we be? But anyway, I push on. But that's an example of that attitude, and 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 this is what what it's like here in Northern Ireland dealing with these people. They do dismiss you. They're very, very confident, and they're very what was a, always confident, never in doubt. That's them exactly them. So, onwards, his father, Charles Poots, was a founding member of the DUP, and Mr. Poots, Jr., joined up at the age of 16. He's been in the party all his adult life. His Christian conservatism makes him a popular choice among the DUP diehards. But his views will go down far less well with Sinn Féin, the political wing of the now-defunct provisional IRA, with whom the DUP must do business if Stormont is to survive under its power-sharing agreements. Now, there's only another paragraph this, so I'll I'll just read on and then we'll talk, I'll talk. Um, As the health minister in Stormont, he tried to maintain a ban on gay men giving blood, a rule imposed across the UK at the height of the AIDS epidemic and only lifted in England, Scotland and Wales in 2011. However, Mr Poots, who was health minister up until 2014, tried to keep the ban in place and the prohibition was only overturned in the law courts which ruled that his decision making was infected by apparent bias. Mm -hmm. Mr Poots, father of four, had insisted his stance was based on the need to be certain of the safety of blood supplies. He was dismayed by the court's interference in the matter, telling members of the Northern Ireland Assembly in belligerent fashion, there is a continual battering of Christian principles, and I have to say this, shame on the courts for going down the route of constantly attacking Christian principles, Christian ethics and Christian morals, on which this society was based, and which has given us a very good foundation. End of the article. Now, I can hear a bee in the studio and it's driving me, or a fly or something. It's driving me nuts. A 
don't know where it is. I wish I'd just do what it wants and then fuck off. So, anyway. So, Poots. This is him all over. As I said, always confident, never in doubt. And and they never are. So, he says, when he was doing that, well, it, was, it was known here as the Gay Blood Band. Uh, he said he was just trying to need to be certain of the safety of blood supplies. That was his explanation of why this blood ban was going in place. But then further into the article it says he, he accuses uh, there's a continual battering of Christian principles. So is it a safe health and safety issue or is it a Christian Christian issue? And it was obviously a Christian issue. It's his personal faith. And his personal faith drives as it says he's a he's a uh, a principle uh, a conviction politician it's his Christian faith that drives his decision making and this is why it's important the other day Ian Paisley Jr. was asked about uh, on the news on, on Newsnight or whatever it was about Ian uh, Edmund Poots's creationism and Ian Paisley went off on one and you know this this whole Christian um Oh, that fucking bee is so distracting. Give me a sec. I think I got him. <gasps> so, um, the, the the whole the Christian persecution thing. So he, so Ian Paisley went down the, this whole Christian persecution persecution path, but that's not fair. That and it's not a true reading of the situation. It's okay to ask about this this man's personal faith. Whenever his personal faith is driving his decision making in government, you understand. So they they claim this Christian persecution thing, which they do all over the world. Christians are fucking never done going on about how they're being persecuted. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is no one cares. You, you, off you go, do what you fucking like. Just, to, you know, as, as the, the old adage goes, it's not that we don't like, we don't dismiss you because you love Jesus. We dismiss you because you don't act like him. If they acted a bit more like him, they would get a bit more support I think so that's who Edwin Poots is and he's now the leader of the DUP the DUP as it says in this it says in this I mentioned Sinn Féin um, it is an English paper and it was a, a very basic reading of the situation there but uh, Sinn Féin and the polls are all on the up the DUP's vote is collapsing and the thing that happens, the thing that happened at the end of the Good Friday, the Good Friday Agreement process after the Belfast Agreement, and all, although it was the, S, the SDLP and the it was the, the SDLP and the UUP, along with others, along with Sinn Féin and others, not the DUP though, that that brought the Good Friday Agreement. They were the two biggest parties at the time, the SDLP and the UUP. Then the next election came around, people voted for Sinn Féin and the DUP. So it was sort of a retreat to the trenches because it sort of suggested people didn't know what was going to happen and were a bit worried. And uh, at the time, that's what was said. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. Um, I can't remember. I was here, but I can't remember back that far. Um, but a lot of people voted for the DUP that wouldn't or ordinarily have voted for the DUP your moderate unionists, and although the, the DUP are filled with these hardline, hard right-wing Christian fundamentalists, a lot of moderate, otherwise liberal uh, unionists voted for the DUP. Because, I, well, because people were voting for Sinn Féin, and so the other side voted for the DUP, and people were voting for the DUP, so the other side voted for Sinn Féin. So it's a bit of a bit of a, a, a tail, a snake eating its own tail. That's a very bad explanation, but you get my point, I hope. But 
those same those same people have watched Brexit happen. They've watched the rise of loyal loyalist dissenters, and they they've watched. I mean, to watch the whole this whole Brexit um, chapter this past five years, and to watch the way Ulster Unionism has been conducting itself, and then now they're out there crying and complaining, and it's 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 fucking pathetic, is what it is, and they can't. They, they, although they are complaining, and they will complain. There's enough people that would have voted. Going, well, I'm not voting for these idiots anymore because they are idiots and they are holding us back. And we'll get on to the protocol. I won't talk any more about the protocol because I won't get to that. So that's who that's how Edwin puts this. So next bit of theme. Okay, so the Palestine thing. What are we going to do about the Palestine thing? Well, what are we going to do? We're not going to do much. But somebody did in Ireland. So, Ireland became the first EU country to declare Israel is involved in a de facto annexation. This vote passed in the Dáil just the other day, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. This is a big deal. Now, so... The basic rundown, as you, I mean, you know this, but this is a basic rundown. So Israel has been striking in the Palestine with undue force and over the top and killing children and bombing hospitals and doing all sorts of war crimes. Um, what's weird about this time is that they seem to have, the world seems to have woken up a wee bit. About what's been going on down there, and you're seeing these protests in, in, in like Florida and stuff, cities in America, and places you really wouldn't have expected. But this is what's happened, and one of the things I I, I spoke about, I have spoke about quite a bit over the over the years, is about the power of words. As a writer, I I understand these. Well, a little bit about the power of words and words have heft and weight and you choose your words very carefully so you don't go throwing words about that don't fit that don't suit because they lose their heft and they lose their because then you do you dilute them and one of the worst words one of the heaviest words was anti-semite it was always all my life it was always a terrible word because it was associated with the Nazis and one of the worst crimes, if not the worst, in human history. So to be called an anti-Semite was an awful thing. And it you you would have been careful. You might have tippy-toed around saying what you felt about this, about certain situations, about this situation in, in Palestine. For fear of being called that. But I think those days are gone. I think, and I remember, I remember, I remember talking with someone about this a, few, a couple of years ago. That in the way I described it was words have heft. It's like a hammer hitting a rock. And the hammer may break the rock, but every time it lands, it loses a little bit of itself. So it should be careful about which rocks it chooses to hit. So eventually there's going to be no hammer left. And this is exactly where we are with that word. People don't care anymore. It's lost its danger. Because we can see. Everyone can see. I've been following the, the Palestine situation closely for years now I've been in many protests and stuff around here and I've lent my voice in a small way you know in 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 a, in a tiny tiny way that I that I can but it's great to see the rest of the world kind of from unexpected places waking it up so brief rundown of the and, and, and by the way anti-zionism is not anti-semitism Okay, 
Zionism is a political, uh, is political. It's a political idea. Semitism, anti-Semitism is about the hatred of a people because they're from a region. This is not what anti-Zionism is. Anti-Zionism is you're against the idea that that Israel belongs to the Jews exclusively. Okay? Jews have always been there, of course. They've been a part of that region for since well since there was since there was people there, I guess. Since there was since there was Jews. That's where they originated from. But they were a part of Palestine. And the idea that we should be the, the idea that we should be Genociding, and it is getting, it is genociding a Palestinian people in order to provide Jewish people the homeland of Israel that was written about in an Iron Age book three thousand years ago, which is 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 nonsense. It is a complete nonsense. So, if I, if Israel should be anywhere, the argument goes that it should be in Germany. The Germans should be paying for the price, should pay the price of the war crimes that they committed, the crimes against humanity that they committed. It shouldn't be in Palestine. It's nothing to do with them people. They didn't do it. They didn't do anything wrong. So, so then you move forward again. The Brits up the up urge the British again up to their necks in it. They turn around and draw a line across somebody else's country like they did here like they did in India, Pakistan Hong Kong, China divide and conquer and we can see how well that went it hasn't gone well anywhere because it's not right so they come along after World War II better, better, better by 1967 comes around the Palestinians agree to the two state solution which I personally don't agree with because that's what we had here and it didn't work out, it doesn't work a Protestant, Ulster for a Protestant people you know, are we country fuck that I have to live here too, I'm neither of those things well that's the same as down there very simplifying here right, but it's the same idea it's the same basic concept brought to you by the same basic people so the Palestinians agreed, that's the, P, the PLO, they agreed, and they ended up handing over something like 70, 75% of the country to Israel, and they were keeping they were 25 to themselves. And obviously a lot of people didn't go along with that. It was very divisive, but they got enough people across the line to get her done. Despite the fact they didn't agree with it, but they could see that, listen, if we don't give them this, we're, we're fucked. And ever since then, Israel has been, Israel were actually breaking the terms of that agreement as they were signing it. <laughs> so, and ever that's been nineteen. And you've seen, I'm sure you've seen that map where you see the little pockets of what was Palestine getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's been going on ever since. And yeah, so that's where we are. So you know all this. Why am I telling you? You know this. So. Here we go. This is from the Irish Times. Ireland becomes the first EU country to declare Israel is involved in de facto annexation. The Republic has become the first EU member state to declare the building of Israeli settlements in Palestinian territories as de facto annexation after the Dáil on Wednesday night passed a motion tabled by Sinn Féin. The Dáil rejected, however, a proposal to expel the Israeli ambassador to the Republic and impose comprehensive sanctions against Israel by 87 votes to 46 with no abstentions. So they voted to call it an annexation, but by 87 votes to 46 they couldn't get the Israeli ambassador kicked out and put san- uh, uh, impose sanctions on Israel. People before Prophet had introduced the amendment calling for the ambassador's expulsion to Sinn Féin. 
<coughs> to a Sinn Féin motion describing the building of Israeli settlements in Palestinian territories as de facto annexation. The Dáil passed the Sinn Féin motion itself on Wednesday night. The government had, in a debate on Tuesday night, supported the Sinn Féin proposal and Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Coveney said during the debate on the issue that we need to be honest with what it is with what it is happening on the ground and call it out as de facto annexation. He added that the Republic is the first EU country to state this and it could be a message to the global community and let's hope it is. This Hopefully this will also lead to the, the boycott, divestment and sanction movement getting a bit more uh, air under its wings. So Mr Coveney echoed, echoed the comments of Sinn Féin Foreign Affairs spokesman John Brady who said that we are... Bo- Bodily stating that Israel is acting illegally under international law, Sinn Féin had accepted for their motion a government amendment condemning the actions of militant Palestinians group Hamas. Cabinet meeting. A cabinet meeting. So, okay. So, the government. So, it's good. It's a rare moment of agreement in 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 in, in the doll. But for Sinn Féin to get that across the line, they were going to have to let the government uh, accept a motion, a government, a government amendment condemning the actions of the militant, Pal- militant Palestinian group Hamas. And that's fair enough. You, you know, I understand you don't want to be encouraging people to be th- throwing rockets over walls and stuff. But this is this is a, this is a, this is a smokescreen, the Hamas thing. The Hamas thing is a smokescreen. Now, don't get me wrong. Hamas are shitbags. As far as I know, quite islamist fundamentalist They're not very good in the old pro-gay right stuff and all that. But it does get used as a smokescreen. So you say so if it's, so, so here's your argument, right? Someone says you 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 don't condemn Hamas, and you say well. I condemn Israel and Hamas are defending their people. And in this instance, they did. They, it was Israel that fired first. So, well, you're not, you're not an ally for LGBT people, LGBTQ people. So, well, what's that got to do with it? Well, Hamas are anti, anti-gay rights. So, well, Israel are killing people. Some of those are gay. Israel are bombing hospitals. Israel are killing children in their beds. Some of those might be gay. Some of them are gay. Without a doubt. We know, you know, with the numbers of us, of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters that live among us, we know that some of them are bound to be gay. So, let's worry about their gay rights first after we give them life rights and rights to vote and access to water and electricity and da 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 da. No, uh, the, the, the Gaza is the biggest open air prison in the planet. You can't go in. You can't go. They can't go in. They can't go out. They can't vote. They can't get a job. They've got no hopes, no prospects. So then Hamas fucker caught some rockets over, and sadly, some of them landed and they killed. I'm not sure. I think it's six people. And that's shit. But people, the Palestinians. Some Palestinians cheer that. If I was living down there, I think I might be a bit cheery about it. I, I certainly wouldn't worry me. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be beating myself up too much about it. Do you get me? So... Cabinet meeting. A cabinet meeting was held on Tuesday and agreed to back the Sinn Féin proposal if the party included reference to violence on all sides on the conflict, following intense violence in the Gaza region over the past two weeks before ceasefire was called. So, yeah. Fair enough. More than 240 Palestinians have been killed in the outbreak of the violence. Oh, there you go. There's the number. Since the outbreak of the violence, including 66 children with 10 Israeli deaths, including two children. All terrible. But... You can see that there's, you know, <laughs> that's. And by the way, although Hamas, you know, but Islamist fundamentalist, 
there's a Jewish version of those guys as well. Those settlers are fucking psychos. A lot of those uh, Hasidic uh, guys are hardcore. They don't. They're not for pro. They're not pro gay rights. They're not pro equality for women. Uh, certainly not a pro equality for Palestinians. So there's two sides to that coin, and they do violence as well. Now they're not going in there and dropping bombs, but they did. The original the Zionists back in the day, back in the twenties and the thirties and the forties and the fifties, went in and massacred villages to clear those, you know, many accounts of that. So Right, onward. Just saying there's two sides of that coin. Just don't forget that. Mr Coveney said he found it deeply troubling that Sinn Fein cannot also bring itself to condemn the actions of Hamas for also killing children and innocent civilians. However, when the minister insisted in Tuesday's debate on the condemnation of the killing of civilians by both sides in this conflict, Sinn Féin accepted this amendment without a vote. People before Prophet TD Richard Boyd Barrett, speaking before the vote, on his party's amendment described it as historic and said it was the first time the Irish Parliament would vote on the expulsion of the Israeli ambassador. Most likely the first time any parliament in the EU has held such a vote. So the rejected amendment stated that the Israeli apartheid system, through its ongoing ethnic cleansing, brutal state repression and murderous military violence, including four savage military assaults on Gaza in recent years, has no place among the international community of nations. It called for the expun- expunction? expulsion of the expunction. Ugh. Sounds awful. Uh, Expulsion of the Israeli ambassador and all Israeli diplomatic staff as well for the application of a comprehensive package of economic, political and cultural sanctions against the state of Israel, similar to that applied to apartheid South Africa. Now, one of the things you may not know, Ireland was one of the first countries, if not the first, um, to apply uh, sanctions against South Africa. In the apartheid regime, and it was the strike and done stores workers. They refused refused to handle South African goods, and they went on strike for two years. And that became a big thing. Some of them lost their houses. They were very brave, and uh, very good. And that was a that was at the start of that sanction regime against South Africa, but it was striking dumb stores workers in the south of Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland that did that. That started that. They were the they were the first first tip of that. Before it copped on. Right. So let's go. Where are we? Alright, here we go. So the amendment also called for the maintenance of such sanctions and the pro- right that's actually, that's the end of it so they didn't get the ambassador uh, expelled that didn't happen I don't know about the sanctions thing yet it may happen but that's good isn't that great I think it's fantastic uh, here uh, Chris Hazard from Sinn Féin uh, he put on He retweeted, A spokesperson for settler colonial apartheid state is angry that Ireland stands with Palestine. Predictable Israeli propaganda doesn't work in Ireland. We know what a colonizer looks like, and we know how important international solidarity is. Ireland supports Palestine. And the the person he was referring to is Lior Hiat. I probably pronounced that wrong. Israel outright rejects Ireland. And he says... Israel outright rejects Ireland's outrageous and baseless position regarding Israeli communities in Judea and Samaria. <laughs> you won't even call it Palestine a prick. This position reflects a blatantly one-sided and simplistic policy and follows the unacceptable anti-Israel statements that were heard in Ireland at a time when citizens of Israel were being subjected to terror attacks by more than 4,000 rockets that were launched from Gaza Strip by the Hamas terrorist organisation. The motion that was adopted today in the Irish Parliament continues a victory for extremist Palestinian factions. The motion distances Ireland from its ambition to contribute and play a constructive role in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yeah, fuck off. That bullshit. 
You can't pull that anymore. People don't believe you. We don't believe you. We know what a colonizer looks like. That's what Chris Hazard was saying. This is why Ireland has a sympathy with the Palestinians, because there's a, there's a direct parallel, and, and in the, a very easily identifiable one. You know, um, so that dude can go fucking, can fuck off. Okay, next thing is the protocol. Nearly done, not going to go long with this one. Uh, the protocol is a Northern Ireland protocol, which is brought to us by your friends and mine in the DUP and the British Tory party. Did you know, I mean, I'll tell you this probably often, but did you know the word Tory, where it comes from, the Tory party? Comes from the Tory Island off the west, off the coast of Ireland. Tory Island is is, a, is the Irish word for rubber. T O R T O R A D A I G H, I think something like that. Probably fuck that up. <coughs> so, why the British Tory Party took it as a moniker? I have no idea. So here's a quick one. Edwin Poots warns of the current arrangements of the protocol intolerable during the meeting with Lord Frost. Now, the Loyalists are threatening a summer of discontent, a summer of disruption. Uh, bonfires, marches, all this sort of shit. Uh, many would argue, including me, that they do that anyway. They're not, most of them are nothing but a bunch of fucking drunken rabble-raisers. And they don't have anything to offer. The, the, the protocol, as it stands, is a great opportunity for, for the north of Ireland or Northern Ireland... And they should, if they if they had a fucking brain between them, they would be selling the benefits of it. And but they 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 they, they haven't. And this is one of the reasons why they're hemorrhaging support. The DUP, uh, the 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 Northern Ireland Protocol, as I keep putting it, for the first time in history, Northern Ireland could be on the pig's back. But <clears throat> these fundamentalist Christian psychopaths haven't got the brains of the. Um, yeah brains to say that they can for the f- give their people the, the, the it would mean having closer ties to the south you see and that's what they don't want and they would rather there's an old say um, from Sun Tzu the art of war the evil enemy will burn his own country to the ground to rule over the ashes and that's what this is you know and <clears throat> it's that it's that attitude if, if we can't have everything we want, no one's getting anything. And that's where, that's why Northern Ireland is a failed experiment. It's a hundred years old and it's never worked. It's always been a fucking basket case. Because it doesn't work. It's just, it can't work. It's unnatural. So, bail through this right and quick. Edwin Poots warns current arrangements of protocol intolerable during meeting with Lord Frost. Lord Frost is the Brexit minister who didn't, re- who only the other day uh, admitted that he didn't realise that individual European EU countries cannot do independent trade deals with the UK. Just the, just the other day. He's been negotiating for the government for years. This is the fucking idiot. Lord, this man is a lord. Lord of what? Only the other day. Said that he didn't realise that. I saw it on a live stream that he was doing. And he was in a, a parliamentary um, session, um, a committee meeting, and he says we'll go and do we'll go and do trade we'll go and do a trade deal with 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 I think he's what did he say? Is it the Nether the Netherlands or something or Germany? I said no, you can't. That's not the way it works. This is what you're dealing with. So, the new DUP leader and agricultural minister, Edwin Poots, has called the Northern, uh, the current Northern Ireland Protocol arrangements intolerable during a meeting with the UK's Brexit minister, Lord Frost. I, I had wee graphics and everything, and I forgot to put them up. Fuck's sake. Here we go. Mr. Poots met the negotiator alongside the Secretary of State, Brant Lewis, on Wednesday. He's a dick. The agriculture minister warned that the amount of checks required 
to be carried out in goods coming from Great Britain to Northern Ireland will be unsustainable after the, the agreed grace period ends in October. Grace periods for implementing post-Brexit checks on goods coming from GB were increased unilaterally by the UK back in March, with the European Commission accusing the government of violating the agreed treaty in the wake of Brexit. Meant to stop goods crossing the EU's border into the Republic of Ireland, the Northern Ireland Protocol has been the cause of significant unionist tension with the UK and the, with, with the UK and EU at loggerheads on efforts to reduce some of the bureaucracy the arrangements have created on the movement of goods. So, uh, today I met with Lord Frost and Brant Lewis to impress upon them the need to remove, right? The burdens faced are unfair and will increase the cost of food. No, it won't. To date, the cost of checks arriving from GB is 24. The, 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 the imports from the south have gone up massively and the exports to the south to the EU have gone up massively so these markets are being replaced the UK is a smaller market than the EU that's the way it works there was a way for unionism to win this There really was. There was a way for them to come out of this. And this is the whole point. So we're now moving into a phase of where we're talking about a united Ireland. And people like me have to convince other people that being in a united Ireland, maybe you, that, pe- that being in a united Ireland is better than being in the UK. And that's a fair enough. We have that choice. We're very lucky. Well, you could argue. I wouldn't, but you could. So I'm going to take time to do that. I'm going to I'm going to go out of my way to try and explain why it's going to be better to be in the United Ireland than than it is in the United Kingdom. Unionism's had that opportunity for a hundred years and hasn't done it. In fact, just the opposite. It's been very cruel. When it wasn't getting what it wanted. Sometimes what it wanted was very unreasonable. And it only increased its cruelty. Never, very rarely bothered to consider or certainly not negotiate. But since the Good Friday Agreement, things changed. They have to negotiate now. And now we're in that position. So... Unionism had this opportunity at the start of this whole Brexit process. They should have been leading the way with the Northern Ireland. They should have owned this. Said we're going to make Northern Ireland better. We're going to increase the quality of life. We're going to increase the job opportunities. We're going to increase the educational opportunities. Increase, 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 improve, improve, improve. But they won't. They will burn their own ash, their own country to the ground to rule over the ashes. Sun Tzu said that. And this is what unionism is offering. And so that's what it's offering now. Even still, it's still at this late stage, it's possible for them to own this. And they will, will not do it. They will not do it. They're incapable of leadership. Leadership within, the fact that people like Jamie Bryson can rise up out of the, the bins of East Belfast. Or, where the fuck it is he's from? That that idiot can rise up and be a, a, a leader of unionism, loyalism, is staggering. And even, I even see them talking with Doug Beatty. Doug Beatty is the new leader of, the, actually just tonight, but, but both the UUP and the DUP, Edwin Poots and Doug Beatty are the two new leaders of, of, of the official unionist parties. And that's all being confirmed tonight, both of them tonight. Separately, but the fact—I mean—they talk to these people like they know them, and how how characters like Jamie Bryson have the platform that they have is beyond me. I don't understand if they if they brought any insights or anything helpful to the table. I would get it if they were genuine 
intellects, if they were if they were genuinely able to express, offer, uh, uh, assist, guide, I would get it. They do nothing. But there they are, the leaders of unionism. So then they're left to de- to try and defend the union and and tell tell me about the tell me why I shouldn't want a united Ireland, why I should want to stay in the union. Them idiots. They can't. And then and this is the weird thing. Even your your liberal unionist, of which there are many, people like Doug Beatty, who I know, well, I don't know, he's, he's a, an MLA for this area, for Upper Pan, one of them, and I happen to like him. We were out on a campaign to save the, them cutting down the, the trees at Craigavon Lakes. He was there, he was the only politician that turned up. And I got a lot of respect for the man. But he's talking about the benefits of the union, but what is the union? What is the United Kingdom? That's sh- the shameful empire, colonial past, the, 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 the likes of which the poor Palestinians are having to suffer today. That we suffered for hundreds and hundreds of years. Our country was de- has been decimated because of it and never recovered yet. It's only our membership of the European Union that let us get rise up from second world status to first world status and we did well the south did we were part of the uk so i suppose technically it was different but that's even that doesn't that doesn't tell the whole story either because our numbers here are different our birth rates are our, our infant mortality rates are our, 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 our mortality rates all these things were always lowest and now Northern Ireland has the longest waiting lists in the UK, so now the NHS isn't even working. I read today, a lady said, um, a doctor, she says, the Northern Ireland healthcare system now doesn't even qualify as healthcare free at the point of need. Because the waiting list is so long. The waiting list in Wales is something like a thousand people. In England, it's something like four thousand. In England, in Northern Ireland, it's a hundred thousand. <laughs> So, if you're going to sell the benefits of the union, the, U- the the NHS is the crown jewel. It has to be in the top. And now we know the southern healthcare system isn't is is shit too. But that's what we can we can make a good one. We can start one. We could we could th- that that would be my thing. I personally have a big boner for that. An all Ireland NHS style healthcare system free at the point of need for anybody that needs it. Anybody that wants it. Because the one in the north isn't working. And it's getting worse. The toys are selling it off piecemeal. Should we know this? So you need to sell the benefits of the... My point, I've straight off my point, as, as is my want. You need to sell the benefits of the union. And they still could. And the Northern Ireland Protocol, members of the, of the Scottish Parliament have said they would bite their arm off to have the Northern Ireland Protocol apply to Scotland. And here, here's our mob crying their fucking eyes out because it's not it doesn't make us the same as the rest of the UK but we're not the same as the rest of the UK NHS waiting list you think they were going to manage that you would that's something they should try and get the same as the the rest of the UK but no it's sandwiches and muck in plants by the way muck in plants there was this whole uh, thing that the British army had to wash the wheels off their trucks when they come over to, Bel- to, to Northern Ireland to, for a deployment. They have always had to do that. That's called biosecurity. It's two separate islands. That's normal. But what these fucking dickheads hear about it for the first time and think it uniquely applies to, to just now because of the Northern Ireland pro- Protocol and because of Brexit and the Pan-Nationalist Front, whatever the fuck that is. It's always been there. Biosecurity is a thing. That's why during the the whole mad cow disease thing, Ian Paisley said that Northern Ireland, Ulster is British, but the cows are Irish. Because Ireland didn't have mad cow disease. So the Ulster farmers were able to trade. Can you dig it? But anyway. So the volume of... So Edwin Poots again. 
The volume of, check, of checks is unsustainable due to the resourcing requirements necessary to control this movement of goods for domestic supply chains. Despite the efforts of my staff to streamline the process, the current arrangement places an intolerable burden on stakeholders and is unnecessary and not appropriate or proportionate to the risk inherent in the goods. Now, that's okay for him to say, not inherent in the goods. We're talking about the, the European Union protecting its market. And we, the European Union would be foolish to trust the British, would they not? So, here's a final word to Ursula von der Leyen, who is the, what is her official title? She is the, she, well, she's the head of the European Commission. So, Ursula von der Leyen has blamed Brexit for the disruption to trade from Great Britain to Northern Ireland, but has reiterated her offer to find practical solutions to issues destabilising politics in the region. Now, this is destabilising the politics. The market will sta- the market itself is stabilising. Northern Irish traders are finding a bigger market within the European Union, which was always there, but you know, Northern Ireland did trade more with mainland UK. Traditionally. But now we're hearing about English farmers and Scottish farmers and Welsh farmers are now starting to find out that the the Tory government have got plans for them to compete with Australian beef, which can be produced much cheaper. And apparently the standards are far lower. So the Ulster farmers, we don't want to fucking have to do with that. So we can still we can now find new markets in the UK, in the EU, right? So these trade this this it's just trade disruption, and it is a disruption. They make no bones about it. But it was caused by Brexit. It wasn't. It's not caused by the European Union, and it's not caused by the Northern Ireland Protocol. The Northern Ireland Protocol is the solution to Brexit for the for Northern Ireland for Ulster farmers and Ulster manufacturing and another thing I read the other day um, the head of of Northern Irish Northern Ireland Manufacturing Association whatever they're called have said that the interest in Northern Ireland she's she's never seen it in her entire life it's through the roof so and hopefully they will all come to fruition so after a summit of the 27 heads of state, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So, after the summit of the 27 heads of state and government in Brussels, the European Commission president defended the arrangements in the withdrawal agreement designed to avoid a border on the island of Ireland. I think it is important to re- reiterate that the protocol is the only possible solution to ensure peace and stability in Northern Ireland while protecting the integrity of the European Union's single market, she said. If we see problems today, we should not forget that they do not come from the protocol, but they result from Brexit. And that is the reason why the problems are here. End of story. And that's it. And the, the threats to peace is coming from the loyalists and it's coming from unionism. Not all of unionism, but unionism. Because that's what they do. When they don't get everything that they want, the way and they want it, and how they want it, they disrupt, and they won't engage on. They will not engage with this process, despite the fact that this process is better for them. The protocol is better for us, and they can't see that with within their own intransigence, they're sowing the seeds of the of their own demise. The thing that they want the least, which is a united Ireland. Because if the Northern Ireland Protocol can, can be seen to work, that's that's closer connections to the EU under the Republic. And that's naturally going to lead to... And I mean, the demographics are headed towards the United Ireland anyway. You know, it, it's very close with regard... And then with a the border poll. But you have 10 years of the Northern Ireland Protocol working. Northern Ireland doing well for itself. More connections to the South. Young people we know through Poland are moving away from looking to the to, to the UK anyway. But they won't do this. The unionists and the loyalists don't won't do it. They won't do it. They can't. They don't want they don't want to, but they can't do it. 
because they don't want it to work. An evil enemy will burn his own country to the ground to rule over the ashes.